Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm your host, Corey Graham. Join us here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. In the church, Calvinism versus Arminianism is often a very divisive topic. Pastor Kevin Klein tackles this in his new book, The Doctrine of Eternal Life, a civil-minded study of Calvinism and Arminianism in the light of Scripture. Kevin is joining me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for being here, Kevin. Thank you for having me on. Well, like I said, this is a hot topic, Calvinism and Arminianism. What made you get the idea to write this book? I was asked by a pastor friend of mine to uh, write a book after he had listened to a series of sermons that I had done. Being so controversial, how did you go about writing this? Oh, I went about it with with kid gloves. Hmm. Uh, It's a very controversial topic, like you said, but it doesn't need to be. If people let the Bible speak for itself instead of their emotions to speak, then the topic can be diffused. And the way I went uh, about to study this is just let's go with what the Bible says. It doesn't matter what Calvin said. It doesn't matter what Arminius said. What matters is what Jesus said and what the Bible says. So I went about it very slow, very plodding, easy to understand, to get everybody on the same page. And with any subject, if you allow the Scriptures to be your final decision-making tool, then you will come to the right decision. If you allow prejudices, that is, I believe in this, therefore it can't be wrong, then you'll be confused all your life. So if you allow Scripture, solo scriptura, if it's only the Bible that you're interested in, only truth, then you can come to hard and fast conclusions. What was the editing of this book like? You have so many precise arguments and facts, so was editing this, keeping this all straight and getting it ready for publication, what was that like? That was uh, somewhere between a nightmare and a double nightmare. (laughs) Now, it was a, a very daunting task for me to make sure that it was written properly, that it was written not to hurt anyone's feelings, and of course people can have hurt feelings anyway, but I entitled it A Civil-Minded Study. And I did that for a reason. Usually when people talk about Calvinism, that is being chosen for heaven, and Arminianism, having eternal life one day and losing it the next, those are very important and deep-rooted topics and people's emotions come out. So again, I went back to the idea of what does the Bible say? And very often, the Bible doesn't say what people think it says. Now, is this book mainly for theologians? No, no, it's for anyone who is interested in Christianity. That is, if someone was raised in a non-Christian home, and they want to know what Christianity is like, what, what makes it tick, This is a good book to explain that, because you have these two dichotomies of thought. Those who are not raised in in Christendom would understand by reading my book that these are just two extreme views. 
that do not answer what true Bible Christianity is. Well, it sounds like a book that I think a lot of people will be able to get a lot out of. I think that a civil argument about this is very rare nowadays, so I encourage people to check this out. Again, this is The Doctrine of Eternal Life, a civil-minded study of Calvinism and Arminianism in the light of Scripture by Pastor Kevin Klein, published by Christian Faith Publishing, available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes. Pastor Kevin, thank you so much for joining us here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for having me, Corey. Grammar can be tricky for children to learn, but if you make it fun and adventurous, they'll pick it up much more quickly. Anita Beeler-Down's new book, Persons of Speech, promises to teach children, though they might not even realize it. Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, Anita. Well, thank you, Corey. Can you tell us about this book? I can. Um, it is a compilation of four stories that are over four of the major parts of speech, noun, verb, pronoun, and adjective. They are rhyming stories. The first story is about Nancy Noun. The second one is Vera Verb, Pete Pronoun, and Adjective Annie. And it is a very colorfully illustrated book. As I said, they do rhyme. Just for example, Nancy Noun in her wedding gown had a place she wished to go. A little church with a steeple all filled with people. Twas her wedding day, you know. And it kind of explains person, place, and thing, which defines the noun. So what gave you the idea for this book? Well, actually, I homeschooled my children who are grown now, and I can't tell you actually at the moment that it just occurred to me. The idea did just come to me, and it just kind of came together. Um, rhyming verses is something that has never really been that hard for me to put together. I've written uh, songs, um, children's songs, um, gospel songs, and that type of thing. So it just kind of rolled, you know what I'm saying? And the words just came, and, and it just all came together. I mean, it just followed in a flowing manner. So that when you're teaching kids, you know, it's really important to use a tool that, you know, can kind of reach out and grab their attention. And to me, rhyming verse is a really good way to do that. I, when I was growing up, I enjoyed poetry uh, and the rhyming type, like Dr. Seuss and that type of thing. Uh, and then also I was drawn to really colorful books. So just kind of putting that idea together in rhyming and then using it to explain a topic, which in this case was, you know, the parts of speech. Now, the poetry is one part of it. The illustrations are another. What was that process like? My little niece had a, played a great part in that. Audra was, is my niece, and she actually did the illustration design. Some of the actual illustrations are hers. She did actually design all of the characters. She was young when we got started with it. Her mother was actually undergoing breast cancer treatments for just shortly thereafter. So it's really been a challenge. We lost my sister as well last year in January, which is her mother. And she left behind two teenage daughters, and Audra was one of them. But Audra is very talented in putting together even her own drawings. Uh, so that was really exciting for her as a young artist. And we've really had fun as far as with some of our book signings she has been able to go with me and sign as well. Anyway, it's been fun for us and kind of a challenge, and, and it kind of has helped pull us out of some tough times. The book is Persons of Speech by Anita Beeler-Downs, published by Christian Faith Publishing, available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes. Anita, it was a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you so much for being with us here on the Reader House Author Roundtable. 
Well, thank you so much, Corey, and you have a wonderful day. Miracles on the battlefield don't just happen in Hollywood movies. And the next author joining us here at the Reader House Author Roundtable can attest to that. Blessed in Battle, Unforgettable Memories of God's Miracles in Combat is author Dick Lyle's book, out now through Christian Faith Publishing. Thank you for being here, Dick. Thank you for having me. I'm quite honored. So can you tell us about these miracles that happen on the battlefield and how you wrote them into this book? Blessed in Battle is about the power of prayer that prayer works and that God does answer our prayers. Each chapter is based on an experience I lived through during the Vietnam War. An example of God answering my prayers was when a soldier had been shot in the neck and my medic responded that he could not stop the bleeding. That soldier had maybe 10 minutes to live. With artillery and gunship support unavailable, I prayed for God's help. Within minutes, and out of nowhere, two gunships and a medevac arrived, unbeknown to company or battalion. That soldier was evacuated, and he lived. We were quite fortunate with that incident. So what gave you the inspiration to write these stories and then seek to have it published? The inspiration I had was through life experiences that contributed to the writing of this book. If they are totally based on my being a combat infantry platoon leader in the 1st Infantry Division, even within the first week of combat, after nearly avoiding an ambush in my first week, I started praying continuously and asking for God's help to keep us safe. I placed my hope in God, and He answered my prayers with miracles. God became my shield, and He protected our platoon time and time again. An example would be also an incident during a night ambush that while in an ambush position, I became fearful that we were not safe. That feeling lasted for an hour. I listened to that inner instinct, and although I knew a move would be risky, I ordered it anyway. We moved, preventing the entire platoon from being totally annihilated. When asked how I knew we were not safe, I responded, to thank God. What had happened was that we had moved into our position that night, and as I said, I just didn't feel safe for an hour. After we moved, within several hours, seven or eight mortar rounds were fired. Until they started splashing, we didn't know we were all trembling for fear what would happen. They all hit our previous position and set of the position that we had moved to. So that instinct, that inner instinct that I had, totally saved my platoon from annihilation. So what kind of readers do you think would benefit the most or be most interested in hearing these stories? Well, definitely Christians and military personnel. They were my target audiences, my target readers. I did include two pictures that I have from Vietnam in hopes that someone from the families of those soldiers would recognize them, find joy, and then try to connect with me. That would be awesome if they could do that. I also hope this book attracts anyone who is struggling with believing that prayer can work in their lives in whatever situation they may be facing. For those readers who are struggling with life's hardships, I really want them to know that believing in prayer can help them to cast whatever hardships they have uh, away and into the sea. The book is Blessed in Battle, Unforgettable Memories of God's Miracles in Combat by Dick Lyle. This is published by Christian Faith Publishing and is available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes. Well, Dick, thank you for talking with me today here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you so much, Corey. I appreciate everything. Jenny Finn and All of Her Treasures is author Deborah Jane Sanchez's new book. It's on shelves now. Deborah's here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Welcome to the show, Deborah. Thank you for having me. 
looks like a really fun, exciting book. Can you tell us about it? Yeah. Okay. So Jenny Finn and All Her Treasures is about a mandarin fish on a quest to find out what truly is important in her life. Along the way, her best friend, Jack Flip, he's a firefish. He loves to explore with Jenny. At first, Jenny Finn enjoys exploring with him, but loses sight as she starts finding treasures of the sea. Over time, her collection grows into a massive pile of stuff, which she loses control over. Jenny has a choice to make, to be buried under the junk or to choose her friendship with Jack and her other friends. Mm, I love the theme of relationships versus materialism. Is that the kind that's of thing? That's it. Yep, that's exactly what this book's about. About how long did it take you to write this? The book took two years to write. And where did the idea come from? The idea came from my own experiences. I love to collect items, and I was on a quest to find better treasures than the last one I had found, and I lost sight of my relationships, and so that's where the idea came from. Now, this book is for children primarily, correct? Correct. And I think it's really important to start young with that message, because children, especially in the sort of world we're living in now, that glorifies get more stuff. Oh, it does. And, you know, the more you have, it's just a responsibility to take care of it. So <laughs> mm -hmm. it's, it's not a good thing. Yeah, you don't own the stuff. The stuff ends up owning you, unfortunately. Exactly. Is this your first time publishing? Yes, it is. Oh, well, congratulations on that. That is a huge accomplishment. Thank you. What was that process like for you? Was it eye-opening in any way? Oh, it was eye-opening. You know, I feel like if you have a message to share with individuals, you have to share it. it the process is it's really fun. Once you start on the journey, you know, you get to put the words with the pictures and the illustrations. You just you see the book coming to life. Are there going to be more than one of these? Is uh, this something you're thinking of making maybe a series or at least have a sequel to, something like that? I actually want to do a series with Jenny Finn. I feel like she has a lot. You know, she doesn't have her relationship with the Lord right now, but I want her to discover what really is her treasure as well, you know, and that meet the Creator and to understand the beauty of what He has too. So, yeah, I do want a series with her. So if an author came to you and said, hey, I want to get my book out there, I want to get it published, do you have a piece of advice that you could send their way to help them along? I would say first pray about it, and then trust the voice you hear, and then write your story. Well, definitely important lessons being taught here. This is Jenny Finn and All of Her Treasures by Deborah Jane Sanchez, published by Christian Faith Publishing, available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. Deborah, thank you so much for talking with us today. It was really a pleasure meeting you and, and finding out about the book. Thank you for interviewing me, and I hope your listeners can go out and learn from Jenny Finn about what's really important. Thank you for having me. Author Scott Nolting joins me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. His new book, Farmer Frank's Friendly Farm, is on shelves now. Thank you for being here today, Scott. Yeah, thank you. So, can you tell us what Farmer Frank's Friendly Farm is all about? It's just about a farmer and his, his wife and the various animals that live on their farm. It's all the things that they do. So, is this the first time you've written a book? Yes, it is. It's the first book I've ever tried to do. Oh, well, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. What gave you the idea for the book? I've wrote different stuff. I had a friend that suggested that I write a children's book, and I 
never thought about that before, but we have this pet chicken, and every morning she runs out and tries to see if, the, if our horse has spilled any food, and that is what I wrote the first story about, so it was just kind of an accident, really. <laughs> Based <laughs> on real-life events. <laughs> yeah. That was the inspiration, anyway. And then there's the whole different story, which is the publishing process, getting it edited and put together to actually get out there on shelves. What was that journey like for you? It was actually fun. It was interesting, you know, to have to uh, decide what all the characters should look like and to set up the scene illustrations and, and stuff like that. So it was, it was a good experience. Now, is this for really young children, like toddlers, or is this for maybe a little bit older children? Who do you think would really enjoy this most? I, yeah, for younger kids, and I've had adults read it and think it's funny, kind of, you know, and so <laughs> it's but mainly for kids, you know. So is there any advice now that you would have for authors who want to write their first book and get published? Anything you've learned along the way that you could pass on? Well, I mean, don't give up on if you want to do it, keep trying. And if you have any good ideas, make sure you write them down so you don't forget about them. <laughs> That's about it. Just don't give up. So do you think this might become a bit of a series, or are you working on writing anything else? I've wrote enough where it would be like two more books, one that's like about ABCs and Cat Account to 10 and, and things like that. So, I mean... It could possibly be. Do you ever get stuck for ideas, what they call writer's block? And if you do, do you have a strategy for getting the ideas going? Well, yes, I've had problems with, I, I don't know, I just kind of wait and uh, try not to stress out about it. And eventually, usually something will come to me, you know. Yeah, I've, I've had that before, and sometimes it takes a while to, you know, move on with something else. The book is Farmer Frank's Friendly Farm by Scott Nolting, published by Fulton Books. This is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and Google Play. Well, Scott, thanks for talking with us today. It was a pleasure meeting you and finding out about this fun book. Uh, Yeah, thank you very much. Living Life According to God's Design is the focus of Maureen Schuller's book, You Are a New Creation out now through Christian Faith Publishing. Maureen is talking with me right now. Thank you for joining me tonight, Maureen. Oh, I'm happy to be here. Can you tell us about your new creation? To start at the very beginning, I had in my life people who had spread lies about me, and I was never given an opportunity to defend myself. I thought, well, there really needs to be an opportunity for that. And I read the works of N.T. Wright. I don't know if you're familiar with N.T. Wright, but he's a retired bishop from the Church of England, and he's just a prolific. He's written tons of books, and he's a renowned, accepted scriptural scholar. And he'd written in one of, and he'd given, made a DVD that was called Surprised by Hope. And in that in that video, uh, he said that we are all called by whatever small and seemingly insignificant way to contribute beauty and justice into the world. And I thought, justice, that's what I need. I need justice. I'll write a book and I'll put my truth into it. So that's how it all got started. So how was the process of writing this book? About how long did it take and what was that like? It was six months from the time that I sat down and started to write until I sent it out off to the publisher. And it's hard work, but it was it was a beautiful experience. I really enjoyed it. How do you feel about that now, knowing that your book's out there for people to enjoy and learn from? 
it's hard to explain it. It seems like, oh my gosh, this really happened. <laughs> it really happened to me. That book is out there, and it's 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 people have an opportunity to to uh, to read it, and and then I hope that it's meaningful to them. Was there a specific sort of reader that you were targeting with this? Well, Christian. I think that it would be a Christian person who would be interested in becoming a new creation and who would be familiar with that quotation from Scripture. And do you have anything in the works? Are you maybe going to follow this up with something or work on another book? Well, I haven't had the time for it yet. You know, there's more to getting a book published than just writing it and sending it to the publisher. There's a lot of work, and it's challenging because um, with this coronavirus, and there have been book exhibits that around the world that have been canceled, you know, that I had hoped would uh, arouse interest in my book. So um, it, it's, a, it's a bit of a challenge today. I have one, a thought about a book, but it needs to perk. So getting your book ready to be published, going through all that, doing the editing, getting the artwork all together, was that a positive thing for you? Oh, yes. The publishers are great, Christian Faith Publishing, and they did just a marvelous job. Do you have any words of wisdom for up-and-coming writers, maybe somebody that hasn't written a book before and wants to get it out there? Is there anything maybe you've picked up along the way that you could tell them? Well, I think it's a matter of having confidence in yourself and feeling that inner urge to write and the fact that it can accomplish something. Just having confidence in yourself. Just go ahead and do it. This book is You Are a New Creation by Maureen Schuller, published by Christian Faith Publishing. Available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. Maureen, thank you so much for talking with us today here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. Expert Witness is a new high-stakes thriller by Edmund M. Strong, on shelves now through Fulton Books. Edmund is with me right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Welcome to the show, Edmund. My pleasure. So, Expert Witness... A lot of plots going on, twists and turns. Can you tell us about it? Well, the basis of the story is the government's attempt to cover up the actual cause of a mid-air collision between two aircraft who had been assigned different altitudes and, in fact, had reported at both of those altitudes. Uh, once you have lawyers involved in something, they start suing people. And you, The uh, expert witness for the uh, plaintiffs in the case turns out to be uh, someone who has to work with two lawyers, one who's very inexperienced, but he has a pilot background. And because of that, the law office goes with him. And the other one turns out to be his ex-fiancee from about 20 years earlier. And the uh, breakup has been something less than amicable. And that's the situation he finds himself in while trying to prove that the accident was not the fault of the pilot, but rather the fault of the air traffic controller. So what gave you the idea for this book? Do you have a background in aircraft? Well, I was an air traffic controller for 28 years, and four of those years I worked at headquarters in Washington, D.C. in the Aircraft Accident Investigation Bureau, and I worked for the Department of Justice testifying as an expert witness in different cases. And with that background and the fact that I have a pilot background, there's sort of cobbled the thoughts together and put it together. What surprised me was the length of time it took to write it. It took me almost four years to put it all in. What was editing like? Was it as long a process once you get it ready for publishing and everything? 
It's a nonstop procedure. Every time you read a chapter, you think, well, I can improve on that paragraph. I can change this word. I can rearrange this so that it reads a little bit better. And then you have to get involved with a certain amount of technical data that you need to present in a way the reader can understand it. So it was an ongoing process that sort of just went on and on and on. But eventually, it's like anything else. Uh, This is as far as I can go. I can't go any further. And you just put it together and send it out. So I think the final product is pretty good. I don't have any complaints about it. I've read it a couple of times, and it follows a logical sequence. So I'm happy with it. Is this the first time you've published? Yes. It's an area that I know something about. I I don't consider myself a writer by any stretch of the imagination. I'm certainly not Tom Clancy. But this is something I have a background in. I know what I'm talking about, so I took a shot at it. What's something off my bucket list? Have you dealt with writer's block? Did you get to a point in any of those plots that the ideas were not there? And if you do, do you have a strategy for dealing with that? No, the ideas were always there. Sometimes you sit there and think of how am I best going to present. I never really lacked for what I wanted to say. Sometimes I lacked for how I was going to say it. And sometimes you just let it go for a couple of days and think about it and finally puts it together. And are you working on maybe a follow-up to this or another book? I don't think so. I I don't have any thoughts in my mind that would do something along those lines. I think I'm probably just going to stick with this one and see how it goes and be happy with the fact that I got it done. So knowing that your first book is out there and it's on shelves, what kind of a feeling does that give you? Well, there's always a feeling of satisfaction when you complete something. Whether or not it's going to be successful, that's another story, but that's really not what counts to me. What counts to me is the fact that I got it done and completed it, and I'm happy with that accomplishment. I'm satisfied with that in itself. What sorts of readers do you think would be most interested in this sort of story? Was there a readership you were going for? I think anyone would be interested in it. Most people are interested in air traffic control in one form or another in flying. A lot of the movies that you see, <laughs> I don't know who their uh, advisors are, but sometimes I, I wonder because it's not even close to what reality is. But nonetheless, <laughs> it's, a, it's a topic that interests the public. The book is Expert Witness by Edmund M. Strong, published by Fulton Books, available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and Google Play. Edmund, thank you so much for joining us here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. It was a pleasure speaking with you, sir. Thanks, Corey. Much appreciated. Author Amelia Fragapane is joining me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Her new book, Marco and the Elements, Crim, is on shelves now. Thank you for being here, Amelia. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm happy to be here. So I'm curious about Crim. Can you explain what that is and then how it works into the book? Um, Yes. So Krim is actually the bad guy in a sense. He's the main villain of the story and he's the element of hatred and he crossed over into Earth. He's been spreading his darkness, so to speak. And so Marco is the protagonist. Right. The element of hatred lives in the elemental realm and he escaped from his prison and crossed over into Earth and he's been spreading his darkness. So what's special about my main character is that he can touch people because Krim can spread his darkness and that awakens the darkest part of a person. And what's special about Marco is that he can touch a person and rid them of that darkness so then they're free again. Mm, I like the fantasy element. What gave you the idea? I, I don't know exactly. I uh, I just started writing and then it just kept going. It was just a matter of listening and appreciating my imagination. What's your writing process like? Do you outline things or do you just pretty much, like you said, start writing and then see where it goes? Um, Pretty much the second one. I just uh, I started writing in a notebook and I just kept going because because I liked the story. So I kept going with it. So what's it feel like having your book on shelves now? 
a dream come true for sure. I did not know. I was like, because when I was little, I used to dream about, you know, having a book one day, but it was a dream, you know? And now it's like, whoa, it's real. <laughs> it's crazy. Was there any part of that publishing journey that surprised you when it came to editing, choosing a cover, getting it all ready for publishing? I mean, I kind of expected there to be a long list of, of things to do because, you know, it's it's a book. It's becoming an actual physical thing. So I knew there had to be a list of steps involved with that. Are you a fan of reading the fantasy genre or what kind of readings inspired this? Definitely. I really like that sci-fi fantasy feel. I like when somebody can create a world, like a, a like a whole nother world that's not this one. And it's just like they submerse you in this, this place that's not Earth. Or sometimes it is Earth, but it's like a post-apocalyptic world or perhaps it's all underwater or something. You know, it's just, it's just interesting to me because it's like you just don't see that, you know, everywhere. And with your style of writing, it's like you're discovering this world at the same time as the reader. Yes, yes, for sure. So where are you going from here? Are you thinking about maybe a follow-up to this or another writing project? I do, yes. I figure if sales go well with this first one, I'm already working on the second one. If sales go well with that one, if people want a third one, I could probably follow up on that one as well. Fantastic. The book is Marco and the Elements, Crim by Melia Fragapane, published by Fulton Books. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere. Melia, it was a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you so much for joining us here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thanks for having me. It seems like our attention is being pulled in more and more directions all the time, and it can be overwhelming to say the least. Author D. Dwight Davis examines this in his book, it is real, it is sensible, it is helpful. Dwight is here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for joining us, Dwight. Yes, thank you for having me. So, can you tell us what you are discussing in this book? If you look at the title, It's Real, It's Sensible, and It's Helpful, that tells you that something that we have is real and that is sensible, it can help us. I tried to show, and I hope I did, that the Holy Bible is that entity that can do that. Hmm. So what inspired you to write this? What gave you the idea? I had retired. I was part-time working, so I, had, I got to think what I wanted to do. And if you just look around and see how things are and your experiences with other people, and uh, I know my religious background. So it just came together that this is something that uh, would help whatever the situation may be. And in this case, uh, realizing that God is real, that what he's writing his word is sensible, and that it can help us. So is this your first book? Have you written before? No, I haven't. It's the first one. Well, congratulations on getting it out there, getting published. What was the whole publishing process like for you? <laughs> well, with me, you know, I wrote it by hand first, and then I typed the manuscript, and I mailed it to a Christian faith publishing. You know, they told me that they had to review it, when I got the word out to their review that they were going to publish it, I mean, <laughs> I was really, really excited. That's great. Is there anything you learned along the way, this whole journey of writing it? Is there anything you learned you could tell to upcoming writers? Uh, yes, you have to be patient. Take your time. Try to be as accurate as you can in the statements you make and the uh, data that you use. And uh, realize that you're going to come up on bumps, 
heels that you sometimes you might have to push yourself away and go back to it a later you know later time and because that's kind of like where everything you know you start out it doesn't go well you have to kind of retreat or refresh and go back at it so what kinds of readers do you think would get the most from this book was there a certain target audience or readership that you had in mind when you wrote this everyone because in my experience and in talking with people in the way the society is, we need the guidance of God's Word, no doubt about it. So are you working on anything else, maybe a follow-up to this or another book? I am. Uh, it's maybe a little probably different than this one, but I am. Wonderful. The book is It Is Real, It Is Sensible, It Is Helpful by D. Dwight Davis, published by Christian Faith Publishing. This is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes. Well, Dwight, thank you for your time today. Thanks for sitting down with us here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Yes, thank you for having me. Many of us often search for more meaning and more purpose. Man, the Enemy of Himself, the new book by Amobi Ogwaebenum, discusses man's purpose according to his creator. Amobi is here with me right now on the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for joining us today, Amobi. Thank you for having me. So can you tell us what Man the Enemy of Himself is all about? Man the Enemy of Himself is just about life in the world of matter and human concept of belief and religion. It talks about how man understands himself, will know who he is, and his relation to his creator. So where did you get the idea to write this? I uh, read books, I go to churches and listen to pastors preach, at times, I get confused with their preaching. And then I observe who have been the way they behave. I was a teacher and an administrator. I interact with many people, both young and old. So by the time I was going this and reading some other books, I discovered that man has a really big gap understanding who he is and his relation to the Creator. So is this your first published work? Of course, yes. So what was that like for you being the first time? I couldn't expect how the joy, the excellent joy I have is when I handled my book. It was a, a moment of bliss. So was there a certain readership that you were going for, like a target audience do you think would really benefit from this? Yeah, my target audience is just every human being who desires to understand he or herself and then the purpose of life. So whoever desires to understand himself and the purpose of life should be Happy to go through that book. Now, do you have any advice if an aspiring author came to you and said, I would like to write a book, I would like to get published, is there a piece of advice that you could give them? Of course, why not? The advice I'll give them to write books that influence human behavior, books that will leave themselves and project them so that at the end of the day, the man will be glad that he has influenced others to live well and then attend that height he's supposed to be attained as a human being. Now, are you working on maybe a follow-up or another book? I'm working on another book. Um, yes, I have intention of publishing another book, a follow-up. Fantastic. What kinds of things do you read? As an engineer, I read science books. I read philosophical books like Lots and Rampa. I read Positive Thinking. And then I read my Bible. So how do you feel knowing that your first book is out there on shelves and people can buy it? I'm only saying thank you, Father, for giving that conviction and able to share my conviction with my fellow human beings. I'm always grateful to him 
that I'm able to share my conviction with my fellow human beings. And thank you for sharing. The book is called Man, the Enemy of Himself by Amobi Ogwaebenum. This is published by Christian Faith Publishing and is available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. Amobi, it was fantastic talking with you today. Thank you for joining us here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you, Cory. Tales of Vietnam-era counterculture communes are told in the new book by Ronald J. Schultz, Spirit Quest 1969, Tripping Through Lands of Enchantment. Ronald is here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thanks for being here today, Ronald. Oh, and thank you for having me. Tell us about this book. It seems pretty crazy. Life is always crazy. Uh, we sometimes deny that to ourselves, but we all live in crazy times, uh, this time being no different. But yeah, 1969 was a special year, I'm sure. There was a lot going on in the world, and uh, of course that affected us individually. So I've decided to uh, you know, write my version of it. So this is an autobiography of that period of your life. Yes, it's a memoir. I, I, it's a first-person novel, you might call it. Uh, I've tried to uh, bring the emotions and the, uh, the experience to life. What would you say the overarching theme, the thing you're saying with this book is? It's how to deal with adversity, of course, because we all face adversity. But it's also coming to terms with who you really are, what is important to you, and finding how you fit in to this huge cosmos that we dwell in. Uh, we're on this planet, and but this is a very important part of it. I would say that um, LSD has a certain has a, a share in this. You know, it's an expansive outlook into our, our perspective and, and who we are and where we are. But then it's also interrelating with uh, the rest of us uh, in this time and place. I traveled into the uh, Rocky Mountains, exploring communes, uh, Indian reservations, uh, meeting missionaries, partaking in um, a group marriage, and uh, running across a number of, how can I call it, dominating personalities that uh, created a certain amount of conflict. If an author came up to you and asked you for a piece of advice, they want to write their book and they want to get it published, is there anything you've learned along the way that you could pass on to them to help them along? Ask yourself the hard questions. Find out what's really important to you, you know, and in order to do that, you, you've got to do a lot of reflection and find out, you know, what, what motivates you and explore that. And there's going to be a follow-up to this, correct? Yes, there will. Yes, I'm involved in a couple of... Uh, Several follow-ups, to be honest with you, that I'm kind of going back and forth between. Yeah, so I promise there'll be another one, and another one, and another one. But uh, we'll range across the world with some of these, uh, hitchhiking across North Africa to Asia, and uh, that may end up being a couple of different books, to be honest with you. There's a lot of territory there. Yeah, sounds like you've certainly had an adventurous life, and it's exciting to know that you're putting it out there for people to enjoy and to learn from. So again, this is Spirit Quest 1969, Tripping Through Lands of Enchantment by Ronald J. Schultz. Published by Fulton Books, it's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and Google Play. Ronald, it was a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you for being with us here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. And thank you very much. It's been a pleasure being here. Love and fate are in the balance in author L.G.E. Andrews' new book, The Empress's Desire. L.G. is here with me right now. Thank you, L.G., for talking with us here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for having me. I am truly blessed and very appreciative. So can you tell us about The Empress's Desire? 
It's a funny little book that popped into my mind after uh, I did not want to discard a poem that I wrote for my best friend. After putting it down on paper, it just, you know, it, it became like a, a, a child of mine that I wanted to share with everybody else because it, it discusses, you know, everyone's struggle, starting life, trying to figure out life, and then trying to reach your goals. So this started out as a poem, and then you expanded it novel length. Uh, what was that process like? Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> the poem was for my best friend. I got upset with her, and I decided I didn't want to give it to her. I don't take one thing for you, and then I'll give it to multiple people. If I make it for you, then it's only for you. So this poem, I decided not to give her. I didn't want to give it to anybody else, and so I basically just prayed about it. I didn't want to get rid of it, but I didn't want to give it to her. And a day later, this story just started to come to me while I was at work. And I sat down and started writing it out. But how long did you work on writing it? That's the thing. It's two parts. The first part, I finished most of it that night at work. Oh, wow. But, you know, it was in the rough draft form. Mm -hmm. By the end of the week, I had refined it. The second half of the story took about a year. <laughs> it, it took a lot more research and, and thinking and, you know, to get that one down. Is this your first experience with being published? Yes, sir. Wow, congratulations. That's a Thank you. big deal. How do you feel about that? Oh, man, it feels like a weight is off my shoulders. I, I do feel accomplished. I, I had a lot of firsts this year. Um, my first child being born. Oh, wow. And my first book being published. Thank you. So I, I, I have all great experiences right now. I Relief, accomplishment, I feel good. So are you working on another one, a follow-up to this, or are you writing something else? I am. I am working on about nine different stories right now. One of them is going to be a graphic novel, a series, actually. But to answer the question regarding The Empress's Desire, as far as I'm concerned, this is it for its written adaptation. What advice would you give to someone who wants to publish their book? I'll try to keep this short. <laughs> <laughs> Don't stop writing. And in order to not stop writing, you have to start. I can't even claim that advice because I did research. I looked things up, you know, how to do this, how to do that. And that is one of the top two things that I saw in my research. Go ahead and start. Don't worry about your skill level. That was very important, well, especially on the second half of the book. The other part of the advice I would say is in regards to critics, don't worry about the critics because books have a funny way of adapting and becoming great once you finish. The book is The Empress's Desire by L.G.E. Andrews, published by Christian Faith Publishing, available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. L.G., thank you for talking with me today. It was a joy talking with you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. You take care. Stay blessed. Called to Dragon's Nest is the new book by Madison Hinko, and it's a journey through a fantasy world with dragons, magic, and a battle between good and evil. Madison is joining me now. Thank you for talking with me here tonight, Madison. Thank you for having me, truly. So, can you tell us what this book is all about? Called the Dragon's Nest is about a young girl who lives in a natural paradise who's never been exposed to evil or cruelty. And she discovers that she has this gift to create and manipulate fire. And because of this, she's been approached by a dragon who calls her to save her people. And these people are a race of red lips that are being horribly oppressed 
but saving her people challenges her values. And she has to decide if she's going to accept the journey. And to do that, she has to give up her innocence. When she eventually decides to save her people, it's by leading an army in a rebellion against the king. But through it all, only one question kind of persists the whole time. By killing, am I saving my kind? Or by killing, am I betraying my kind? So where did you come up with the idea for this story? (laughs) When I was probably seven or eight. I had always loved dressing up, playing pretend, and writing stories, writing scripts. And I must have stolen my mom's red lipstick. And I put it on and I pretended to be Rose and I created her whole story. And just like any other day, it was just a normal story that I created that I was probably going to forget at some point. But this story stayed with me. And it was just something I felt like needed to be out in the world at this at this time in our culture and our history. So that's kind of how it was. It was just it was so unnormal. It was just weird that it stuck with me. So is this the first time you've written a book or been published? Yes. Yes, it is. And it's, it's a dream come true. Really. I've always wanted to be a writer. Thank you. <laughs> so what was the journey like going through writing a book for the first time and then having it published? Oh, it was so surreal. I mean, it was just this overwhelming sense of of pride and happiness, and I felt so supported. But I mean, it was my favorite part of the day, coming home from school and writing my book. And I mean, I cried when I found out I got to get a, a publisher wanted to publish it. I cried when I held it in my hands the first time. Just an overwhelming sense of emotions. It's easily, hands down, the coolest thing I've ever done. And I mean, I'm so thankful for Fulton Books for loving my story and for supporting it. Are you working on maybe a follow-up to this? Oh, um, you could say that. Yeah, I'm working on a prequel right now to this, this story. But then eventually there will be a sequel if people like it and they want to read it and they support it. So, yeah. Fantastic. The book is Called to Dragon's Nest by Madison Hinko, published by Fulton Books. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and Google Play. Madison, it was a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you for joining us here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. You too. Thank you so much. The Gift of Children is celebrated in the new book by Monica Chong, entitled Straight from Heaven. Monica's joining me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for being here, Monica. Hi, thank you for having me. So in this book, you are celebrating the gift of life and children coming into the world. Can you tell us about it? Straight from Heaven is about a mother's unconditional love. And it's a a glance at experiences from birth to when your child is full grown and a little bit of the in-betweens. It is a great read, I would say, for all ages, definitely. So what gave you the inspiration to write this? I have a routine at night where I put my kids to bed and then I I like to read a book or two to them. And I have a couple of books that inspired me. Um, On the Night You Were Born by Nancy Tillman is one of my favorites, definitely, to read to my kids. This book, being read to my kids every night, just inspired me to write something that came from my heart about my kids. That's kind of what inspired me, just our daily routine, our, our nightly routine, reading to them every night, seeing them cuddling up next to me and just loving when I'm reading to them. That is definitely what inspired me to jot some things that was on my heart down. Motherhood is the hardest thing that I have ever done in my life, for sure. Um, it is trying. Um, it is, you know, um, challenging. But my children are the absolute biggest blessings in my life. And they are never my burdens. Um, they are definitely... Um, my biggest blessings and my biggest accomplishment in my life. 
So is this the first time you've been published or written a book? Yes, this is my first ever, yes. Congratulations. Thank you. That's a big deal. How does it feel knowing it's on shelves now? It's very surreal. When I'm reading my, my own book, like to my kids at night, it's like they even know. They're like, Mommy, let's read your book. And it's it's very <laughs> surreal. It feels like it's such a big blessing. And um, I'm giving them something to be proud of. So it feels amazing. About how long were you working on this? How long did it take to write? It didn't take long. It's been on my heart for a bit. And then when I started jotting it down, it took about two days to really like look through it and finalize what I really wanted it to say. It wasn't long. It was just something that was on my heart. Yeah. So it was about two days where I sat and I wrote, I jot ideas on and I wrote it and I put it together. Now, the publishing part of it is a whole different story. There's a lot that goes into that. What was that like for you? I actually blogged about it. <laughs> it was amazing. Um, and, and another surreal moment for me, like, like having it in my hands, just going through the process was very surreal. It was smooth, though. It wasn't stressful. It was so exciting. Every time there was a new step, I was so eager to get to the next step. And yeah, I just enjoyed the ride. It was exciting and, and very surreal and such a blessing. So is there anything you've learned through this whole journey that maybe you could pass on to aspiring writers? Take that leap of faith, because if I didn't take it, I, it, it seemed like something that was so far away to, to a, accomplish and achieve. You know, it seemed like just a dream. It literally felt like, oh, I want to write a book. And then it ended there. Like, it didn't seem like something that could really happen. And I would say, take that leap of faith. You know, like, it can happen. It's not just something that can just be a dream. It can be a reality. And make that investment and take the chance. You won't regret publishing your book. Like, you will regret not taking the chance. It is possible. You can do it. Take that leap of faith, definitely. This is Straight from Heaven by Monica Chong, available through Christian Faith Publishing at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. Monica, it was a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you for telling us about Straight from Heaven. Oh, the pleasure is mine. Thank you so much for having me. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. We hope to see you back here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where independent new authors come first.